Hello and welcome to the podcast. This is Connections Through Confident Communication. And today we have Jody Brown, Jody O. Brown. She is a strategist turned survivor on a mission to help leaders and teams improve their interpersonal interactions, to grow stronger from struggle and catapult from change. She is a professional speaker, award-winning author, certified business coach, speaking coach, consultant, and brain tumor survivor. For a free copy of her best-selling and award-winning memoir, The Sun Still Shines, How a Brain Tumor Helped Me See the Light, visit her website, www.jodyobrown.com. Jody, thank you so much for being here. I actually just got that book, and I don't know if you know, but I've been reading it, and it it's just been so beautiful. So I am so excited. Everybody's got to get that book because it's just, you have a beautiful way of writing. I was so impressed. Um, would you be willing to oh, thank you so much about your story? And um, Absolutely. Yes, I'd love to hear. The gist of it is, and of course, all of us have multiple stories we could tell about who we are and what our lives are at any given point in time. But um, I thought of myself as living my white picket fence life with everything going so well. I was married to my best friend. I had four kids. I was working a job that I loved in the nonprofit sector, running a charity organization. And I had essentially done all of the things on my checkbox list of um, you know, I checked all of the boxes. I had gotten a bachelor's degree, a master's degree. I was working. I had the family. You know, I was doing all the things. And I really loved everything about where I was in life. And, of course, <laughs> like any good movie or story, that's when everything flipped on its head and started to turn for me. And I started experiencing what I now understand to be symptoms that were part of a larger situation, which I didn't recognize at the time. So the, the short of it is over the course of about a year, I started having all of these different symptoms come on board and visited the doctor over and over again, trying to figure out what was wrong. But I kept going for one symptom at a time and say, oh, I'm having dizzy spells. I'm having headaches. I'm having ringing in my ears. So it took a very long time because I was young and healthy and active. Um, and by the time we finally figured out what was going on, it had been going on nine months since I'd first gone to the doctor. And uh, finally, we discovered that I had a brain tumor between the end of my right auditory canal and wrapping around my brainstem. And that turned all of life upside down. And I immediately went from being a get her done, conquer the world kind of girl to becoming a patient in, in and out of hospitals and doctor's offices. And I went into the hospital for what we hoped would be one surgery and five days in recovery. And that turned into three brain surgeries, 35 days in and out of neurocritical care, a spinal fluid leak, uh, brain infection, uh, pneumocephalus, spatial paralysis, kind of all of the things that could possibly go wrong short of a stroke and death did. And it has just been a real battle for my life. Uh, honestly, for the first couple of years, it was about my life. And I would say... For the last several years, though my life is no longer in jeopardy in the way that it was, it's been a battle for um, reinvention, for figuring out who, my identity, for rediscovering purpose, for 
dealing with all of the side effects and complications that have been left over in the process of saving my life. How old, how old were you at this time when this all happened? Uh, I was 33 when I went in for my brain surgery. I had just turned 33 years old and had four little kids at home, ages two to 10. Wow. Well, my question is, um, how, how did you, I mean, I'm curious because we're talking about confidence. We're talking about communication when all of this happened in your life with your children and you experiencing this, I mean, how did it affect you with your confidence and being able to communicate? Um, Oh, my confidence. Um, I think it's easy for me to look back now and, and talk about it because I'm a little bit out of the woods now, still have lots of challenges and have some upcoming surgeries again, but, but my life is in a, a better place. At the time, it was it was really tough because you know my my head was shaved, my face wasn't working. Uh, I had everything I knew about who I was seemed to disappear in an instant. And how do you go out and suddenly start facing the world again when everything has changed um, and when you're not really sure who you are yourself? But I remember having a specific point in time in the hospital where I realized probably about four weeks into my hospital state, I realized, I think I'm going to live. I think I'm going to make it, which had been so up and down and in question for, for so long. And I had this overwhelming feeling and I thought, okay, if I'm going to live, I need to make the best of it. And I need to make all of this pain and struggle worth something. And in that moment, I felt kind of like I made a, a promise to God <laughs> And said, okay, I'm going to do my part to be worthy of this second chance at life. And I didn't know what that meant at the time. I, I knew it would somehow incorporate sharing some of my experiences, but I didn't know exactly what that meant. But I decided that day that I would go ahead and take that challenge on whenever the opportunity came and whatever it looked like. And what it ended up looking like was as soon as I was well enough, people started asking me to come and share a little bit of my my story, you know, in speeches in for different organizations and companies and churches and youth groups and women's groups. And so it started very, very organically. The first time I spoke, it was literally five minutes. It was just five minutes giving a little summary um, and encouraging people to do good with their lives while they're on what I call the giving side, while things are good and they're able to be in a position of giving to others. So I really just came at it very organically. And I think because I had made that promise and because I felt like my life had been preserved for a purpose, I didn't question all of the other stuff, the paralysis, the way I looked. I just thought that this is something I'm supposed to do and I need to go out and do it. And then as it, I continued to do that and I continued to go out and speak, uh, it just started catching on more and more. And then I was asked to give longer and longer presentations. And then people said, oh my gosh, your story's so amazing. Can you, are you going to write a book? And so then a couple of years in, I decided maybe I should write a book. And so I just started doing that. And um, I appreciate that you said that my, my writing is, is good and captivating. And I worked a long time at that. So it's good to know that it worked. <laughs> oh, yes. You are so good with your words. So that's what I was hearing you say is, would you say that's when you started to feel confident to get out and, and communicate more was kind of when you had this 
almost like the second chance to get out. And then the more you would do it in little bits, would you say that's how you got to feel more confident to start sharing and getting out to the world? What would you say was your tip on that? Absolutely. The more that I did it and the more that I realized people's lives were being impacted from it, the easier it was to do. And I'll tell you up front, I was always one who was pretty confident, even with my communications. My my background is in communications. That's my undergraduate degree. And my master's degree is in organizational communication and leadership. So I was never shying away from these kinds of activities. But certainly with all of the changes that I had been through in my life, I was more hesitant to get out with this new message that was so personal, as opposed to I was always confident in getting out and sharing other people's messages or other organizations' messages. I was always fine with that. But all of a sudden, it was personal. It was me. And I think I felt there's a little bit of pressure of like, well, what if what if I'm rejected? What if they don't like what I have to say? Um, then it wasn't just that they didn't like the organization or the cause that I was representing. I, I knew it would be much more personal. So I think that was the part that was maybe a little bit tricky was making sure that I knew I was good with me so that no matter what else happened, whether people loved my messages or they rejected them, that I knew it was still what I was supposed to be doing. And the reality was, I don't think I've ever had anyone reject my message or come away and say negative things. Some people, of course, it resonates with more than others, but overwhelmingly, the feedback has been positive. And of course, positive feedback just feeds on itself and helps you move forward and keep doing what you know you need to do. I love that. That was my second question was, you know, what, what's been one of the most difficult struggles. And so I wondered if that is what you would say was just kind of feeling that rejection or being worried. Because I think when, for me, when I've heard you speak, it's just incredible. We got to do that storytelling competition together and, and you were the, you ended up winning it. And it was so amazing, but here was what I saw just so authentic and so real and being willing to share and open and someone that I just admire in your speaking, but I think sometimes our brains want to tell us these things, right? They won't like me. I, I'll be rejected. I shouldn't do it. And I, I guess that was that, would you say that was one of the most difficult struggles then was probably feeling like others would reject your message, even though for us on the outside, it's like we love and embrace and so grateful that you're willing to share and communicate that. So would you say that was your biggest struggle? I think it was kind of wrapped in between that and then the authenticity part, because there there really was this part of me of like, who am I now? And how much of that do I show the world? Um, and I'll tell you, I have had some very difficult and personal experiences and conversations with people in my life that I love, that I am super close to, who, who were a little hesitant for me to take this path because... Um, I mean, I, I had someone say, oh, don't become the brain tumor girl. You're so much more than that. Don't don't let that define who you are. And I said, well, it doesn't define who I am, but it has certainly refined who I am. And it has certainly given me a new path to go on that's opened all of these doors and opportunities. But for a while, I was honestly trying to hide everything and pretend like none of this was there and just go back to who I had been. and. So a big part of it was simply embracing my new life 
and then saying, okay, not only is this my life, but I'm going to open up my life to you. And I'm going to share things I never anticipated I was going to share with anyone. I'm going to share it with the world because it's when we share those innermost feelings and thoughts that people actually learn to trust us more because they know that we're not trying to create some perfect little reality for them. We're actually willing to go to the hard places and tell them the truth. And when I finally accepted all of that and really embraced that this is still me, that this is a new upgraded, improved version of me, despite the looks and um, some of the struggles that I continue to have, that was when it really all came together. And I realized all this does is make me more authentic. It helps people understand some of the things that I've gone through. So that has been a, a beautiful, beautiful gift of lots of people have messages to share and they have credibility because they've gone to school or they've had certain experiences But I sort of wear my credibility and authenticity on my face. And I realize now what a, a beautiful gift that is. Oh, you couldn't have said that better. I have chills as you said that. There's something about that where I think sometimes our brains will be like, oh, people will reject me. But the truth is they love, like, I just love that you're willing to share. It gives people almost, in my thoughts, permission to live and be safe and live their life when other people are speaking out and feel confident and are able to communicate. And I know, you know, my story is a little different. When I was coming to what my message was about gaining and losing 80 pounds, you know, five different times, there were pieces in me that felt so broken because it felt like when I was thin, people liked me more. They thought I was pretty. I, I remember the times when I was well over 200 pounds that I couldn't even look people in the eyes. And I don't know if it was my own perception or not, but I didn't see people open doors or make eye contact with me. And I'm sure it had to do with my own self-worth of what I was working through. But I, I felt like people treated me different when I looked different. And um, mm-hmm. that was really hard for me. Uh, I agree with that 100%. I think you're right. I think that they do, which is one of the problems we have in our society is people who don't look the way that we have this perfect image, they don't get treated the same as everyone else. And sadly, we also know from research, they aren't even given the same kinds of opportunities. If you're thin and, and good looking, you get better job opportunities and you get higher salaries and there's all of these things that come along with it. So I agree hundred percent. You do get treated differently according to the way that you, you look. And so to, to embrace that and own it, I think puts the power back in your court as opposed to just accepting it and saying, okay, so I'm different. I'm not as attractive or, or they no longer see me this way and just accepting it. I think when you really embrace it and own it, and go forward with it, that's when things switch for you. Well, see, and I love that. And I think honestly, now that I'm in this space, I'm not as thin as I was back in the day, but I can love myself genuinely now for where I am. A mother of four, kids 19 to three, um, you know, and even for me, when I had these infertility struggles, I had 10 pregnancies to get my children. For me, when I had lost those babies, I just kept feeling broken. Again and again, like I, I would bring me back to, well, I better eat again because I'm, I'm not worth having children. But I remember, you know, so many of us where we can't see their outside, pro- we can't see everyone's outside problems, their internal. For some of us, they might be on the outside. I can't remember where I heard this quote. Maybe you can help me if you've heard it. But someone said, I just wish everybody's 
um, I don't know, it was, it was one like their sins stink or something that they couldn't see or that their problems were visible because everybody has something that we're working through. Some of us are on the outside. Some are visible to others and others are internal struggles. And I, um, I guess today, just seeing people for where we are and in that authentic connection that we're talking about today is to look at people I've, I've learned to look at people more with empathy and compassion. You know, what is, mm-hmm. because I love people. We just don't know what's going on in here. And like I said, some of us wear it with our weight or our bodies or our whatever we're working through. But there's also those that may look like it's all together and they're, they, they struggle internally. I don't know. Do you feel that too? Oh, absolutely. I, I think you hit the nail on the head. And I saw a video. Um, that went viral once upon a time. And it was exactly what you said. It was everyone walking around that they wore a little cloud bubble above their heads that said what they were struggling with. Financial issues in the middle of a divorce, just lost a child. And what does that do? That causes you to, to stop and pause and say, well, no wonder you're having a hard time. You're going through the middle of this crisis. Um, and So I think that things like that, where we're able to be a little bit more authentic and vulnerable, I think vulnerability is actually a superpower. I wish, I wish we could embrace that a little more because I think that helps us to see each other for who we really are, have that compassion we need so we can be more kind and loving and accepting of others. I I absolutely love that. And I guess I would ask at the, at the end of this, with all you've learned, many people you spoke to, I mean, I, I look to you as a dear friend and an incredible speaker, but what would you say to that one, the one person that lacks connection or doesn't feel safe to communicate or look people in the eyes or feel confident with what you've endured and where you are and your beauty that as you've healed, I mean, for me, and I I see you as just a beautiful glowing light, like your book, you know, the sun and, and how did you, what would you share to that person to be able to overcome that a feeling of not being able to communicate or feel confident or speak? What would you say to that one, the one? I think that when you go through something difficult or when you have something where you feel like you're lacking, you need to be able to grieve that you don't have that or that you have some sort of loss Because if you don't grieve that, then you're not able to accept what you do have. And once you're able to accept who you are and what abilities and confidence you do have, that helps you be that authentic person and love yourself for who you are. And then when you can do that, that's when the confidence really comes and you can say, I can look you in the eyes because I love myself. I'm confident with who I am. And I have every bit of confidence and um, and love going outward because it's also inward. But I think it's got to start with yourself. And so for some people, I would say that might mean you have to be willing to let go of something. You have to grieve what you've lost. For others, I would say you just need to go on that journey of self-discovery. Um, no for whatever it is, whether it's a physical appearance, whether it's something on the inside that you aren't sure of, you have to be able to go there to those difficult places and see all of the things 
that you do have, all of the many wonderful talents, blessings, gifts, abilities, relationships, friendships, to realize, okay, I really do have all these things that make me important, that help me to be enough. Because you are enough. God created you that way from the start. You are enough. But you have to come to love yourself so that you can speak and behave and live your life with confidence and beauty. Oh, I just love that. And what I'm hearing you say is it's not always the circumstances of what we're given. It's how we choose to find joy in whatever circumstance we have. We get to choose to to love ourselves and appreciate. And it goes back to that gratitude. Look at when we focus on the things we don't have or the lack, then we just see more of it. (laughs) But as we can look forward and focus on the things we do have, for me, I found that brings more gratitude and more blessings and people like um what's that word positive people attractive people it's like you know even if we're dealt a hard card but those that can shine and love themselves throughout it they're just positive people are attractive and and i'm just absolutely honored to have you be a part of this podcast you're just so wonderful and and you can find Jody on her website. Everything's in the link. She's incredible. And I um, just want to say for, for those out there, we are, con- we are creating connection and confidence one person at a time. So we love you all. And thank you so much, Jody, for sharing. Really grateful to you. And we will see you next week. Thank you. Thank you.